Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about The Eyes of Tammy Faye, of course, about infamous televangelists Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Uh, This is going to be an interesting conversation to have, for sure. Uh, Joining me to talk about it is Daryl Armstrong returning to the show. And I, I've been looking forward to this one, you know. Uh, Michael Showalter is kind of a personal hero of mine. I just have absolutely loved him ever since The State back on MTV and then Wet Hot American Summer and then the Stella stuff. Some of my favorite things of all time, honestly. And I've been following, of course, everything he's been doing recently, you know. Hello, my name is Doris and The Big Sick. Uh, let's not talk about the lovebirds. But, you know, I, I'm really excited anytime I see that Michael Showalter has something coming out. And, you know, hopefully this is a big success for him. As a longtime fan, I, I'm i always excited to see him growing and doing new things as a filmmaker. So uh, I'm looking forward to talking about this. So before we get to the conversation, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or Spotify, wherever. Make sure you're subscribed. And of course, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or Good Pods. Or if there's another app that has a five-star button you can hit, hit that one. Also, share the show with your friends. Follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. So, let's talk about The Eyes of Tammy Faye. All right, so we got Daryl Armstrong back with us to talk about the eyes of Tammy Faye. Daryl, how is it going? Pretty well, David. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I, I'm very happy to have you back on the show. And uh, of course, you know, just last month, we had a couple of winners from your film festival on the show, which was a cool episode. That was like a, a first time kind of thing. And uh, that that all worked out well. And, uh, you know, that, that movie, The Empty Man, is a movie that seems to continue to um be a part of the conversation even months and months and months later people are still talking about that yeah i still see conversations pop up on twitter and online from it people just discovering it now still well hopefully they uh check out our old episode on it (laughs) but uh today this is a a much different movie from from the empty man that we're going to talk about with the eyes of tammy faye first thing before we start getting into some puzzle pieces was this a big heavily awaited movie for you 
Uh, that's a bit of a complicated question, actually. Um, <laughs> yes and no. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a uh, household. My parents watched Jim and, and Tammy Faye's program, the PTL Club, religiously mm-hmm. uh, every day. It was like literally religiously oh. or religiously as in a lot. Both. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, actually, and the first real vacation I remember when I was maybe four or five years old um, was going to their uh, theme park that they had built. Oh, wow. I believe it was in, in North Carolina. I, I don't remember a whole lot, but I, I remember going. I remember, you know, my parents being super excited about it, having a, a Christian theme park uh, to go to and, and vacation at. So I, I grew up very familiar with, uh, you know, the, the real Jim and, and Tammy Faye, at, at least uh, from their uh, public personas on, on television. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I was kind of interested in seeing what, what the filmmakers would do in, in telling their story. Um, it, it's not usually the type of film I gravitate to normally, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was it was a very interesting watch. Yeah, I wasn't sure going into this because, uh, you know, I, I love Michael Showalter, who directed this, and mostly for very off-the-wall, wacky comedy stuff like Wet Hot American Summer and The State and uh, some of the stuff that he was involved with over the years. So I really wasn't sure what the tone was going to be here going into it, if it was going to be just a total farce, just, you know, completely making fun of these characters, these people, or if it was going to kind of, you know, try to tell their story but with some humor added into it or or where exactly it was going to go. So that that was definitely a question I had going into yeah. this thing which it turns out mostly i think you know we'll get into this as we're going through pieces and what we thought of the movie but um i, I think mostly it's a performance show piece is what i think is what we ended up ultimately getting yeah i i agree yeah jessica chastain is amazing uh, i think in in the yeah. film and I think Andrew Garfield actually did a really bang up job too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really like him a lot. He has been in some really interesting roles over the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, I mean, Jessica Chastain is like, that's the the standout for sure. But I, I just think he's great in this as well. But, um, you know, we will, we will lay on the praise to those two uh, <laughs> along the way through the conversation. Um, I, let's start getting into some puzzle pieces here. What do you have for your first piece? My first piece, and I realized when I was writing out uh, my notes for this, I, I think I actually put them in basically chronological order. Okay. So I'm going all the way back to Citizen Kate. Okay. I, you know, I'm not sure how directly uh, it influenced uh, the film, other than, you know, it's it's been a building block for hundreds, thousands of films over the years, um, just as a, you know... Uh, a pillar uh, now of of, of Hollywood, mm-hmm. but there was uh, you know a couple things the the story being told of of someone who had created uh, this giant empire, and uh, ultimately is left kind of unfulfilled at the end. I I think is is similar. Uh, in tone. Um, and, and there was also um, 
especially in one scene in the baker's home um i don't know it's about two-thirds of the way through the film mm-hmm. some of the camera angles uh joe walter used reminded me of uh camera angles that that orson wells had used in uh citizen kane just a slight mm. tilting um it just makes you feel like things are a little off um yeah. you know in this uh enormous mansion you know the, the the bakers had that they were living in you know it, it is absolutely beautiful but just tilting the camera a little bit gives you that uh feeling of of unease sure that that sense even though everything is so like seemingly perfect and huge and beautiful that it, but it's off kilter exactly exactly yeah. um so, so that really just popped out to me i, I should be better about uh talking about uh, some of the mechanics of filmmaking, like camera angles and and whatnot, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's not something I I, I usually focus on story more, uh, especially when I'm sure you know reviewing. But that that just popped into my head um, as I was watching it. Um, you know, it, it was specifically the scene where um, I believe Jim was trying to acquire some some funding um, from. Uh, from somebody in a in a meeting in their home, and Tammy's trying to listen in and observe, and and you just get this sense of of awkwardness and and unease from it. Sure, absolutely, yeah, no, that that's a great piece, and I I hadn't thought of that, but it definitely fits that that rise uh, rise to unfulfilled, uh, but also you know as big as you can kind of go in in that particular field, kind of a uh, yeah. story. So yeah, I think it's a great uh, piece to kick it off with. And I'll go to my first piece, which is the first one that I thought of, and a movie I hadn't seen in a long time, but I rewatched it yesterday uh, for this conversation, and that is 1992's Leap of Faith with Steve oh, Martin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely a great, if if not uh, influence, at least a great companion piece uh, for, for this movie, for the eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, Steve Martin, of course, is kind of a traveling grifter who makes his way into becoming a televangelist. And I I think both of these movies kind of have this, this thing about them where it it becomes almost difficult to separate uh, telling a story about this kind of a character from you almost still have to celebrate the character, even if their intentions might not necessarily be good. Uh, And I think that kind of comes from the gospel music and just the bigness and the theatrical aspect of what they do up on that stage that they become just so uh, fun to watch that even if there's, you know, a scam underneath everything that they're, that they're doing um, it, it still, it still becomes just somebody who you just love to watch and you're, you're almost rooting for, even though you're not rooting for them, but it, it, it's a very complicated thing. And I think it's interesting that both of these movies kind of uh, do that with these characters. And then on another side note, uh, both of their fortunes turn around after a vehicle breaks down. So that is another oh, connection nice. between the two as well. Yeah, yeah. It's been, Oh man, I can't remember when I saw that last, it's probably been almost 20 years. Uh, yeah but yeah that's that's a great one um and yeah to what you're saying that it's almost like the the entertainment factor Mm -hmm. you know we cheer on people who are entertaining even if 
we don't necessarily morally or ethically agree with them at times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a difficult uh, line to walk there. But uh, yeah, I think it's that charisma that it just kind of connects with you. And it really goes to show why that kind of person is able to connect with people so well. And I, I think it, it also speaks another thing um, to the bigness of the performances. I mean... You know, Jessica Chastain, as we were saying before we started getting into puzzle pieces, is just, you know, phenomenal in this movie. And Steve Martin in Leap of Faith is so, so good and so, so watchable. You know, he's just, and he's kind of that in everything he did through that time period of the, uh, you know, late 80s into the early 90s. Just everything he does, you just cannot take your eyes off of him. He's so much fun to watch. Yeah. And I think that makes him perfect for this kind of role. And I don't know that Jessica Chastain, I, I love her as an actress. I think she's great, but I wouldn't have immediately thought of her. But it, as it turns out, she's just perfect yeah. for it. Yeah, I, I think she really nailed it. And it's interesting. Uh, some of what you were just saying there, um, mm -hmm. I think, leads into my next piece. Uh, Let's go for perfectly, it. Perfectly. Um, which was The Music Man. Okay. Um, again, a story of this entertaining um, rifter who, you know, very charismatic and, you know, can walk in somewhere and, you know, say, Let's do this and this, you know, X, Y, Z, and it'll solve your problems. You know, I, I, I think it's a very American thing. Uh, you know, we sure. see throughout film and, and music and, um, you know, popular culture over the years. Uh, you know, we had in the music man, Harold Hill, uh, come in and, and he uses music uh, to kind of gain his audience. Uh, similarly, uh, with the Bakers, uh, they used music. Tammy, of course, uh, sang, and uh, puppets. Um, you know, yeah. as the as they at, at the beginning of their their career, um, you know, would travel town to town, you know, visiting churches and putting on these entertaining, um, you know, puppet shows and and events that were, you know, supposed to be of a religious nature, but as you were just saying, it, it almost, in practice, is, is more of an entertainment. Sure, yeah. You know, it, it, and I, I think there's, there's the film certainly uh, touches at, at questions about how sincere Tammy Faye's um, uh, faith was. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, it's a lot more ambiguous on um, Jim Baker, how sincere he was about, you know, his his beliefs and, and faith and, and what he was doing uh, because, you know, he, he talks about um, with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio who played Jerry Falwell, the, the size of their audience, you know, and mm -hmm. was that the goal, uh, you know, to have that uh, power and, and influence, you know, I, I think the film's a little bit more ambiguous on that point, but we do see, um, uh, Chastain's portrayal of, of Tammy Faye. Uh, she did a few voiceovers um, throughout the film as she's praying. Uh, and, and I think it, it wants us to believe she had a more sincere, you know, faith. Sure. But, you know, back to the music man, you know, Harold Hill's character, you know, manufactured his own belief in what he was selling. 
Yeah. You know, and, and that's what he sold to people. And, and of course, at the end of that film, it ends happily and he has a, a change of heart and comes back and takes responsibility and everybody lives happily ever after. Um, not quite so much the case here, but. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, and I do think the movie maybe lets her off the hook a little bit much but i mean at, at the same time you know it it does have to have that moral center for there to be a character to kind of follow along with so it makes sense and certainly she is the main character here and it's not really both of them it's her and so it's kind of the, this this whole situation has kind of happened to her in a way so you know i think it does make sense and uh you know that's actually a, a good transition into my next piece here, which is a much newer movie, but uh, 2019's Bombshell, another movie built around like a transformative performance from uh, Charlie Theron as Megyn Kelly and, you know, another conservative I figure. I actually haven't seen that. Oh, it's, it's, it's an interesting movie. It, it's see, and, and that's the thing. It's like a great, great performance in a movie that I'm not quite sure knew what it was doing with its character mm -hmm. and whether or not it was letting her off the hook. So basically you've got this conservative figure who, yeah, is kind of the better person, you know, comparatively speaking of the people around her, but in real life is Megyn Kelly a good person? Um, mm -hmm. you know, okay. Can we really even answer that question? I, 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 I don't really know, but, uh, you know, they, I think it kind of tries to treat Tammy Faye in a similar way as the way that they treated Megyn Kelly in Bombshell. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out. I remember seeing trailers for it, but then completely fell off my radar. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I, I, I mean, like I said, if nothing else, performance is uh, really great. In yeah. That. Uh, but what do you got for your next piece? Sure. Uh, this is uh, kind of a combination um, of, of films. Uh, basically, Stephen King um, horror films, uh, like from the 80s, and the, okay. the many kind of uh, knockoffs that, that were created, uh, you know, based on, on his style. I remember, you know, growing up seeing a lot of them and often they would they would feature, you know, a minister or a preacher who was either this, you know, traveling evangelist or um, small town preacher who often is just plainly interested in in you know power or wealth, influence. Um, going back to that that brief little conversation we we see in the uh, in the film between. Andrew Garfield and, and Vincent D'Onofrio about, mm -hmm. you know, trying to one-up each other on how big of a reach they have. Sure. And I, I think, um, certainly when I, when I was growing up watching a lot of these um, horror films, having grown up in a uh, Pentecostal, you know, uh, Christian home and environment, when I saw these films, um, often they would have these, you know, small town preachers in, in the same sort of setting. And, and it, it, it felt to me, you know, as, as a kid, like this was almost an attack on like what I know and, and who I, my family and who I grew up with. Sure. And, and, and we actually see at the beginning of this film, um, 
uh, Tammy Faye as a child and uh, this kind of uh, super Pentecostal environment, um, which which harkens back, I think, to a lot of these uh, these kind of horror films that uh, that featured somewhat shady um, pastors and, <laughs> and ministers. Um, it, some of them were just incompetent. Some were more, you know, clearly viciously evil. Sure. You know, think about. Uh, Films like Needful Things, Children of the Corn, mm-hmm. and a lot of them had, you know, just small, small bit parts, a scene or two, you know, that this preacher would have. But I think what those films were, were doing was, was speaking, you know, metaphorically about kind of the dark underbelly um, of a lot of, uh, you know, this uh, traveling evangelists and... Um, uh, often, often Christian uh, faith, which you know, this film takes a look at. Uh, it, it's not so much you know a, a horror film, right? Uh, un- unless you count existential angst as as horror, sure. <laughs> <laughs> which I think it can be, sure. Yeah, and I, I could, I could imagine like that must be. You know, coming because I'm completely a non-religious person, and I was, you know, brought up Jewish, and like I, I can just imagine like seeing those kinds of characters in horror movies, and that is such like you know those kinds of characters have such power over the the people who believe in them. So for that to be the place to find that horror must uh, must be kind of a powerful thing, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. Well, and and that's something we don't see a whole lot in this film. Um, but but there are uh, definitely a few like montage bits, um, and, and scenes where uh, we see Jim and and, uh, and Tammy Faye, uh, you know, broadcasting, and uh, you mm-hmm. see uh, there's one shot of you know this row of phone banks, um, you know, and and for a time they really did have a lot of influence uh, over you know people whether it was. You know, as we were talking about before, more entertaining. They still had that influence, you know, and and they still sure. raked in tons of money from from people who, you know, are honestly being taken advantage of. You know, yeah. elderly and poor, uh, you know, people who who wanted some sort of hope and 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 think that they're you know, contributing. Yeah. And, you know, there, there is, of course, the question, you know, did they do some good things? Right. You know, the, the film makes a point to feature um, uh, Tammy Faye interviewing a homosexual man who, who had gotten AIDS, which was a huge deal uh, for sure. any Absolutely. conservative uh, Christian in, in the 80s. It was, that was very much against the grain. So you know, nothing's ever really black and white. Exactly. But, yeah. You know, the, those those kind of of I think horror films were definitely moving and asking questions that were counter the conservative religious culture. Um, you know, in in the eighties, and I think sure. this film continues to do that in in a different genre, um, and by looking at you know, a, a real life event and story. Um, but I, I, I think it, it picks up on some of those, those threads. Sure. Absolutely. 
Well, uh, for for my next piece, um, I'm going to go with one. So th this actually could have went well with your Citizen Kane piece, um, but this is a little bit of a cheat because I actually did see uh, an interview where Michael Showalter kind of mentioned this one, um, but I'm going to use it anyway. Uh, and that is Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie oh. Nights. Yeah. Uh, you know, th this movie really is a story about somebody, you know, coming up in a, in a particular, you know, aspect of the world of entertainment and getting everything they thought they wanted and all of that success kind of destroying them, basically. And, you know, it, it's a very similar character arc uh, to what happens at Boogie Nights. And again, like like you talked about with Citizen Kane, uh, just, you know, that that total rocket to the yeah. top of, of your particular industry and still being unfulfilled. And of course, all of that success being the thing that brings you break back down. Um, so yeah, uh, Boogie Nights is my next piece, which is, you know, I, I find that comes up quite a bit on this show because it, it is, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson in general, uh, is such an influential filmmaker of the last, you know, 30 years. Um, it, it's one that comes up a lot as a puzzle. Yeah, piece. absolutely. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. If, if I would have, <laughs> thought about it a little more that might have made my list nice nice all right well, what do you got next? um okay uh next is a, fa a fairly recent one uh, from 2012 that i i had just seen for the first time um actually just a few weeks ago which maybe why it stuck out in my mind so much but um it's an indie film i think it debuted at sundance uh called compliance this was a a, a, a Similarly, uh, based on a true story of this this guy who, um, I, I, I guess he had done this over a series of like 15 years, he would call small businesses and he would pose as either a, like a police officer or someone from like corporate management of uh, like a fast food chain or grocery store mm -hmm. and make uh the employees you know who think they're talking to someone in power uh just do you know um terrible things <laughs> like uh the story uh the film tells of um this fast food uh chain manager she gets convinced by this guy who's posing as a police officer to take one of her female employees into the back, uh, completely undress, and do a strip search um, of this of this uh, you know young woman, and it it goes on from there. It actually gets a lot worse. Um, as I was watching the film, like I'm like, okay, this is supposedly based on a true story, and uh, this this. Um, manager actually has her fiance at the time come drive to the the store and help do this strip search and he winds up actually i think in the film the guy has um the the fiance spank this this young lady naked mm -hmm. over his lap oh you know he's posing as a police officer and i'm like okay that, that was embellished and I looked yeah. up the, the the actual events of the story, and it was actually worse. Okay. Uh, I, I believe, um, you know, he, he had the guy ask uh, 
the the young woman to to give him uh, fellatio. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, describing all of that, <laughs> it it just kind of blew blew my mind. This, you know, Isaac Tammy Faye, actually, I think, didn't go quite as dark, you know. Right. Um, but it, it reminded me uh, of the film because the the actress who plays the um, store manager, Anne Dowd, mm -hmm. uh, she, she won a Best Supporting Actress um, award for it from the National Board of Review. Uh, they're both these, you know, looks at these women who, you know, Anne Dowd's character there and Tammy Faye, who are in a system being abused by, you know, men and, and the system itself, you know, while trying yeah. to more or less sincerely, you know, do a good job, um, be, you know, good at what they do. Mm -hmm. And both films end on the woman being interviewed uh, in this, you know, mock news uh, interview setting. Sure. Which I found was really interesting. And, and going back to uh, something you had said earlier, um, it brings up this question of, yeah, you were, you know, in basically a bad situation, but what, what was your responsibility? You know, what is this character's responsibility in what happened? Right. So that, that's what stood out to me from that. Okay. Film. Yeah, it sounds like a really interesting film. I haven't seen it, um, but yeah, I I like that like that whole like are we letting this person off the hook? What is their role in all of this? Um, and kind of leaving that open ended. And there's uh, there's a lot to explore with a character. Like I that. think I I think Tammy Faye here kind of wants to have it a little bit of both ways. Sure. Yeah. Because while it it does have that you know end scene. It also, right before that, kind of gives her her own triumphant gospel number um, she gets to sing. Which is half Even in her if head, it's own, but yeah, still. In her, in her own head. <laughs> you know, as a, as a viewer, again, it's, it's entertaining, and I feel it kind of wants to give us that, hey, she's, you know, happy, this is great, uh, kind of a, you know, happy ending in a way that I, I don't quite think the rest of the film sets it up for her to earn. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they clearly were, were hoping to make this uh, a little bit more of a hopeful kind of an ending for, for the character and like that there's, there's room for, for somebody to grow out of a situation like this. Yeah. So I think that's where they went with it. But all right, I'm going to go with my last piece here. Uh, and this is a movie that I don't get to talk about on piecing it together nearly enough. Uh, but I'm going to go with Weird Al's movie UHF. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Which I, is one of one of my all-time favorites. But, you know, basically, uh, you know, the, the comparison between this person going on this public access kind of, you know, station and coming up with all these 
crazy wacky ideas for kids you know skits and puppets and songs and all this weird silly stuff for the sake of raising money through a telethon is kind of you know at least on screen and you know the the way that the film plays out is kind of a similar uh you know goal for our main characters here and uh even even though there's so much more going on outside of that uh just just to that aspect of the film i just thought it was a a fun comparison piece that's another one I haven't seen in a long time, but I I love. Yeah. Did, did they? Uh, maybe you remember. Did do they do a a puppet show in UHF? It's been a while, but if there there had to have been puppets, and if nothing else, there's the uh, there's that like kind of CGI music video thing uh, to the Beverly Hills yeah. song. So if nothing else, there's that in his head. So definitely, yeah, it, it has. I mean. You know, these people, the Bakers and um, uh, Pat Robertson, who shows up in the film, and and Falwell, um, they were all creating these, you know, kind of do-it-yourself television, you know, programs, specifically for the, the, you know, conservative Christian community. Yeah, they had a set audience that they wanted to bring in, and they wanted to probably keep it, you know, separate from the rest of the uh, secular world. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, but it's it it very much has that kind of do it yourself totally um, similarity between the two. I, I yeah. would probably watch UHF again before I watch this. <laughs> yeah, I UHF is one of the all time best. Uh, it's and again, not so knocking <laughs> any of the performances here, um, you know. Jess yeah. and Garfield, we talked about being great. Vincent D'Onofrio is always. Amazing. Oh yeah, he's great too. Even Absolutely, a fairly small role here. Um, he just, you know, chews scenery. Yeah, um, totally. So it's you know definitely in- enjoyable, but yeah, I, I I probably won't go back to it too soon. Yeah, I, I I would I would agree on that, but um, but definitely definitely enjoyable. I'm going to go ahead and do the finished puzzle here, and then we'll uh, get into any closing thoughts we have on the eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, We talked about Citizen Kane, Leap of Faith, The Music Man, Bombshell, Stephen King Horror Films, Boogie Nights, Compliance, and UHF. Uh, Do you have any other thoughts that you wanted to kind of get into that we didn't get to? Not really. I I think we we covered everything I had uh, had thought of and, and, and broke down some notes for it. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, especially just, you know, mentioning again how great the performances are and, you know, and otherwise, you know, the rest of the movie, the story that it's telling, I do think it kind of lets her off the hook a little bit, but, you know, still, it, it is a very enjoyable movie. And I think um, it, it's been really interesting to see Michael Showalter kind of stretch out and, you know, going from wacky comedies to more straightforward comedies and now into these kind of, uh, dramatic films between this and uh, a few years ago with the big sick um it, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what he does uh continuing yeah, forward yeah, i agree awesome well uh daryl is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners oh man um i i would say uh the fear street trilogy okay series of of uh netflix horror films um came out a few months ago um i believe and they're based on R.L. Stein's book series. Mm-hmm. They surprised me a few times in in how dark they went, but still kept a yeah. uh, light pop, popish tone. 
uh, sure. easy yeah, to yeah. watch and, 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 you know, fought a lot of fun at times. Um, but it really like doesn't pull any punches. There were a few yeah. moments I gasped, which. Yeah, there's, there was a couple of, uh, I, we, we only watched the first one so far, but there okay. was a couple of, uh, pretty good gore moments in there. So, uh, we'll, we'll eventually get around to the second and third ones, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty yeah. fun though. Absolutely. Well, uh, right on. This was great, Daryl. Uh, what do you got going on right now with, uh, with the film festival and everything else you're up to? Yeah, we're uh, prepping now for year number three of the Cyber Shorts Film Festival. For anybody who doesn't know, um, uh, short films in a virtual reality theater, which is a lot of fun. We started it at the beginning of the COVID lockdown um, as film festivals and everything else was closing. Um, you know, couldn't go to the theater and, you know, what are we now? Two years almost <laughs> past. And I, I've, I've, I have been going. to the theater a few times now, <laughs> uh, since quote unquote reopening. And I've only had like three other people in the theater with me <laughs> a couple of those times. Yeah. Which about right. is both fun. Um, but not the... Uh, communal uh, experience you usually uh, get going to the going to the movies. So anyway, yeah, we 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 had started this for um, short films uh, to be played in virtual reality, so you get to interact with the rest of the audience members, uh, even if it's you know just online. It's still a little more interactive than just watching a screener right through Zoom or or however else um, you know people are uh, showing online. So we're going into year number three with that. We're hoping to add um, at least one or two more blocks um, of films, so expanding. Uh, next year, we're looking at June, and we have submissions open uh, for anybody who wants to uh, submit short films Great. Um, for uh, competition, which is a lot of fun. Awesome. The other thing uh, I want to mention quickly is I've helped produce a... Uh, short film, uh, which is exciting. It's uh, called Oh the Guilt, and it's a it's a science fiction film, but very it's very personal and uh, could almost be described as as a drama. Um, but it has that that science fiction element and and kind of framing, uh, which I think makes it fun. Uh, that's currently making the rounds in the film festival circuit. Uh, it features mostly a um, female cast and crew, um, which is really cool. But we, we did get a cameo from Sean Astin uh, for it, which hmm. is, which right is on. really cool. So um, once that becomes, you know, available, I'll be sharing it, you know, online. Um, but if you if you're yeah, please share it in our popcorn and puzzle pieces group once it is. Uh, yeah, online. yeah. But it, you know, if anybody's checking out, um, you know, short film festivals, be on the lookout for it over the next few months. Awesome. Well, uh, Daryl, this was great. Um, thank you so much again for uh, for doing the show again, and hopefully, uh, I will get my next music video ready in time to uh, try submitting again to your festival. Awesome. I'd love it. Picture it. You have to introduce yourself to a total stranger by handing them a mixtape made up of songs that tell the story of you. What songs are on the tape? Why are those songs there? 
got you thinking, right? We put that question and many more to a different guest every episode on Made You a Mixtape. Life, work, and the music that makes people who they are today. Authors, musicians, broadcasters, podcasters, everyone has a soundtrack. Download and listen on all audio streaming services today. Made You a Mixtape. It's not what your songs are. It's what songs are you. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the eyes of Tammy Faye. That was a fun one to talk about. It's uh, it's kind of a weird movie. You got to kind of ride the line as far as um, talking about puzzle pieces and inspirations and the whole thing that this podcast is all about. And you know, not digging too much into the uh, personas of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, and focusing on what it is we talk about here, which is of course puzzle pieces so uh yeah hope you enjoyed that conversation if you do like piecing it together make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts you can of course find us on apple podcasts and spotify and pocket cast good pods all the different podcast apps out there make sure you're subscribed and if you like what we do uh you can rate and review us leave a little five star rating that's always awesome when you do that most importantly share the show Share us with all your friends and people who like podcasts. That really helps get us out in front of new listeners, and that's what I'm trying to do, isn't it? Uh, so, yeah, that, that's about it. As those of you who have been listening know, uh, this past weekend, my wife, Gina, and I finally got to get married, and that was awesome. That was, of course, delayed because of COVID. It was supposed to be last year. We had to delay the marriage twice, or the wedding, not the marriage. We had to delay the wedding twice uh, because of COVID, but we were finally able to have the whole ceremony and do the vows and have the party and the whole thing with family and friends, and uh, it was amazing. And uh, you'll you know, see pictures. I'm sure I'll be posting something on uh, social media. At PiecingPod, you should be following us. And yeah, it was just uh, an awesome time, and I am happy to now be through that and to be able to move forward and watch a lot of movies and podcast about them and continue to grow this show, work on some more music, all the kind of stuff that I do, Uh, but I'm just so happy that the whole event turned out great. So that's just a little bit about my life. Let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do. And usually I play a piece of my instrumental music from one of my, uh, you know, instrumental albums or from like a film that I've recently scored. But whenever the film leans into uh, religious type stuff, I go back to my old comedy rap group Fakakta, which is a Jewish comedy rap group. It's now defunct. Uh, It's no no longer. It does not exist anymore. But we did make two pretty funny albums of ridiculous, silly Jewish rap songs. And this is from our first album, Lock Stars. It is a song called Chala, if you hear me. Not exactly uh, the kind of Christian stuff that uh, maybe Tammy Faye would have been singing, but religious nonetheless, but not really, actually. Anyway, this is Chala, if you hear me, from our album Lock Stars. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> are you ready to get hot? Hot, baby, hot. Yo, I'm Jewish Dave. Say 
till the break of day When I break my mind, so Jewish states gonna make you hotter Gonna make you holler We're F-A-C-O-C-K-T-A You can call me a schmuck because that's how I play I'm MC Ethel, the kosher kitty We've got Avi, the OG, and the Jewish Diddy I'm a pity the fool, the shoes are late to shoot You drink all the Manischewitz Man, that ain't cool We're going kosher on your ass now Ask us how you can break the bread Cause this is what she says, she says West Production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.